475, make it five. Anybody can actually make money. Five trillion dollars. Property, people, profit. Gav, g'day, good to see you. Good to see you, Jamie. I'm happy. We've been out for a drive. You took me into your car. I was the passenger, which gave me a chance to really drink things in. But you took me to three properties that when you sent them to me and I had a look online, I thought, oh, they're all pretty similar. When we actually went out into the suburb, it blew me away. It opened my eyes that if I picked the right property out of those three, it could significantly change my financial position in my life and how I step up the property ladder. It was a very different experience to the previous week when we were in Triggs. You know, this week we went over to Caranup and, you know, just showing that it's the next suburb belong. And usually the next suburb belong, it drops down 100,000 or a couple hundred thousand. That's what we did. So it wasn't, is Caranup the next hot up and coming area? Not necessarily. It just happens to be demonstrate the point of the three rules that we talk about from the original episode. Yeah, so this was interesting because you showed me three properties that were in a similar price point. They were kind of sub 900 uh, they're on similar block sizes. They're all in the same suburb. Uh, and the homes on them were all pretty comparable as well in terms of build and age and how they were. They were nice places to live in. But when we dug into the detail a little deeper, there was one knockout standout property that, as I said, could make a significant financial difference to your life. Yeah, when this property had been on the market for a number of months and hadn't sold. So, you know, it's now gone under offer and you know, good luck to the person who's bought it. But it was basically a... a uh, a, a four bedroom, three bathroom, two car garage property, two storey on a corner with uh, some city views in the distance. Small cul de sac, uh, hundred metres away was a nice parkland down the end of the end of the cul de sac. Importantly, though, you could split the split it into two, subdivide it, knock the house over, and each block would probably be worth somewhere around the five fifty mark or thereabouts. So it's worth arguably more dead than alive. Yeah, uh, well, let's dig into these properties and we'll probably uncover what was so interesting about it. But uh, as I said, we're driving around. I was kind of expecting to see three things that are about the same. But this property, which was on uh, Chris Place mm. in Caranup, it ticked all the boxes. As you said, it had the land component. Uh, so it was on a corner block, which means you could develop it. Yep. Uh, it was in a fairly scarce location in yes. terms of it was up on the hill. It had uh, kind of like a, a bushland sanctuary behind it. Uh, and also, it was a pretty decent place to come home to. It was in good nick. Yeah, so it meets the, f- the three rules that we talk about in that sense. Um, but it, interestingly, uh, you know, it, it had been sitting there for a fair while. It was at the same price point as a couple of others. So we took the same price point and had a look at some other properties in the area. And uh, we were in the corner and there was one that was a two-storey home. Almost, it looks like it's sister. It did, didn't it? it, You know, very similar property. Cul-de-sac, a two-storey home, parkland down the road, quiet location, um, similar sort of price. But here you're paying something for the building component because you're not sitting on just a development site. But it's the same price because you're paying for a large single residential block and and a building on top. But you can see how over time that one on the corner, uh, which was, you know, the sell the blocks today for five fifty, they quickly become six hundred in the in the year ahead or so. And that uh, and that fifty thousand dollars extra goes straight through the bottom line of that property. And that property increases by a hundred thousand, let's say, as as just give you an example. The one around the corner in the cul de sac, its sister, um, probably in that time, if that happened for the, in land values, that'd probably only increase by maybe twenty five thousand dollars. And so you're getting an extra seventy five thousand dollars thereabouts. Tax-free, capital gain, straight through the bottom line, which is helping you move towards, from Karen up to Triggs, perhaps, in, um, in 10 years' time, because it's accelerating your financial position over and above the average. Well, that was the penny drop moment for me, because 
taking into account, digging a little deeper, if I bought the, the right property in that sense, in terms of kind of developing financial and adding more value down the track, that could set me up if I don't earn any more money in my career or don't get that promotion at work or don't work that second job, that could set me up to work through to the next market. So the development in that property uh, is working kind of on my balance sheet behind the scenes and all of a sudden it's, it's increasing at a far quicker rate than the other property we looked at. Yeah, and, and you can see the, the whole locality really developing in a, in a nice fashion. So you always got to ask yourself, you know, what's going to increase the value of this locality? And you can see with the new developments, it's getting even better. So, the, so you can see the locality improving as well as down the road, you've got the Up Shopping Centre improving as well and that's going to add amenity to the area. But the point being is that it, it happens in every suburb just about. You know, so you can sort of say, well, what's the next hot suburb? Well, let's just take these three rules and work our way through. And when it came down to a choice of should I buy that one or that one, the difference is in buying the one that was land value and developable, the difference over time is significant. Now, we could take that same thing to the next suburb out and the next suburb out, and we will over the next couple of weeks, and, and show this. so it becomes following the rules, it's what you buy, not so much what you pay that makes a difference, but buying it right outperforms the capacity to buy good real estate. And so we should never be able to afford our home in 10 years' time when we decide to sell it because we, it's gone up by more than our capacity to to pay for it. That's actually a really nice measure. If you buy a place and 10 years later you couldn't afford to buy there now, that probably means you made a really good decision 10 years ago. Yeah, and you can imagine that you know we, we're going to replay this backwards over time because we're going to go to the cheapest ones in the course of the next couple of weeks. And if you bought the right one as a cheapie when you first start out in life and move your way through, you can work the same average wage, you know, the same job and by buying the right principal residence and getting that tax-free capital gain going through the bottom line accelerates your wealth, gives you choices and options in life and means that you know over a 20- or 30-year period uh, you end up retiring near the beach in real estate you could never thought you could afford to own. Super interesting. You can work your way through the markets and it's all in the place you live in. You're not extending yourself risk-wise or loan-wise by buying you know, more and more and more properties and investing that way. You're just investing in the right one that you live in and you can work your way through the market and end up beachside. Your money's working for you. Your money's working for you. And you might, you might borrow money to do it, but it's going up by more than the cost of the interest and the increase in capital value is capital gains tax-free. We only got one principal residence, which is capital gains tax-free, at any one time. So make it a good one because that capital gain goes wholly and solely into your pocket Whereas capital gains tax dictates, you know, some of that money that you make in other investments goes through uh, to your pocket and some goes elsewhere, money into the uh, ATO. Yeah, uh, it's starting to feel like it's kind of like my super, just working in the background, <laughs> helping yeah. me out for a, for a later time. Um, worth noting as well, so Chris Place in Karanup was the one that we thought was an absolute knockout. Um, it's under offer now. Uh, I think people are following you, Gav. They've, they've seen you pull up and, and thought, oh, Gav's here. I might have a look at this property and buy it myself. <laughs> but... Um, it was actually on the market for quite some time, so it wasn't a flash-in-the-pan opportunity. It was an opportunity that actually existed uh, for a while and, and almost could have been anyone's. Yeah, and look, I suppose that there's a, s- a certain amount of expertise or art form in buying the right principal residence, and that's what we're saying here. It's follow the rules and you're getting a, a really good head start. Understand what's going to increase the value in that locality. Is the locality improving or, or is it an ugly duckling? Is it an ugly duckling turning into a beautiful swan? Is the area improving? What's going to increase the value of that locality is an important thing to ask because you're always buying about future, not the past. So what's happened in the past is all factored into the price today. What's going to happen in the future, good, bad or indifferent, will be factored into the growth in the prices 
or the fall in prices accordingly relative to other, other areas. There's an attention to detail element which we'll get to as well when we're talking about a locality and what's going to drive the, the increase in value there. But just to compare these first two, and we're going to bring a third one in in a moment, as you said, they could be brother and sister. They were really similar in terms of everything. The only difference was that Crisp was on a corner block and it had that development opportunity, which means we're going to get the accelerated gains in terms of land. But over time, what's the potential difference in buying that property over the other one? Oh, you know, easy, you know, you could easily be talking about five hundred thousand dollars difference over a ten year period. You know, it was a significant amount of money. But so often I've heard someone, and there's two properties side by side. Which one are you going to buy? Yeah. And and then someone says, oh, I don't like the kitchen in that one. You know, it's oh, the the island bench is a bit too small. The island bench is a bit too small. Change the island bench and put the five hundred thousand dollars in your pocket over a ten year period and move through to you know the triggs if you don't like the island bench. So all I'd say is don't sweat the small stuff. It's the locality you're buying and make sure because those two are stark. They're in the same price bracket. Like I say, brother and sister home. And they are literally a few hundred meters away from each other. Yeah, and it's just a stark example of it's what you buy, not so much what you pay that makes the difference. You're not overpaying for the property but just the choice, the decision between those two. So don't sweat the fact that you don't like the garage door or that or the, there's no cupboards in the laundry. You know, like, hey, for a couple of grand you can put cupboards in the laundry, but look at the difference that that one makes over a 10-year period. So, like, $500,000, and I pull that figure out of the air, it'll be something around that perhaps, but that's the demonstrated point. That's the difference it makes over time by getting it right. It's what you buy, not what you pay. You can always do anything you want to the building itself. You can paint it green for all I care. I don't care. But if you're painting it green, at least know you're painting something green that adds no value to the property anyway because you're buying land value. So knock yourself out. Paint it green. Put an extra laundry cupboard in or take the island bench out. But it's the locality and the land value that you're really buying. That's what creates the wealth. Now, the third one that we had a look at was in in a different part of Caradup, and I was lucky. I was playing passenger and you were doing all the hard work driving around. But what I did notice how we were in the same suburb and as we moved into this part of Up, it changed. It looked different. To me, it didn't feel as aspirational. To me, it felt like it was a little bit harder work around this part of Up. but we'd only gone, you know, maybe five minutes down the road. Yeah, well, I mean, we went to another property, 750000 or thereabouts asking price, house on a duplex block, elevated location, uh, but nowhere near the calibre of location and it wasn't heading in the right direction because the new development was going on in there was actually making it the same or worse not better and I would argue that if you wanted to take your 750,000 you'd be better off going somewhere else with that 750 you know whether it be down to Gwellup which is the next suburb down and you know we're going to find some properties down through there in the course of the next week or so um, or somewhere else but in that spot that part of Karanup same suburb name, same location away from Karanop Shopping Centre, which is being redeveloped, same proximity to the freeway, but that particular locality was probably staying the same or getting worse, not getting better. And so asking that question, what's going to increase the value of this locality? Well, what the new development is not, and I can't answer what's going to increase the value of that locality, so I'm not a buyer. The other spot, though, around the Chris Place Way, I can see what's going to increase the value of that locality and just driving around shows me what's increasing the value of that locality. It's already happening. So that's why that's an easy decision. Yeah, so what what do the homes around a property tell you about the, the direction of an area? Yeah, well, I mean, you're really buying your locality, aren't you? You know, you, you live in your, ha- in your building, your house component or your 
apartment or whatever it is that you're living in, but it's the locality that adds value to your location. So what you walk out of your front door to do gives it its value and what's going on around the area changes its value over time. So make sure what's going on around your area is making the area better and hence increasing your value. If what's going on around you is making the area worse or detracting from the locality, it's probably damaging your value and it's hurting you in the hip pocket. Here's what I noticed. When we were around Chris Place, I saw the newer homes there were premium. You could tell the quality of the build, the quality of the design, and that was adding to, to the area around it. When we moved to the other part of Karanup, yeah, there were some new homes there, but it was really, it wasn't of a premium nature. It was a step down from that, and that was starting to have an effect on the area too when you brought in maybe some of the existing property that had been there for 40 years. Yeah, it, it, it very true. And on top of that, just driving around, people took a lot of house pride and they actually cared for their homes as well and you could see it straight away the the gardens were kept the lawns were kept the homes were maintained etc and whereas you go to another pocket and you can see you know a lot of stuff that perhaps might be classified as a good investment area and it, it looks like you know it's getting worse not getting better well, it's kind of a race to the bottom, right? Sometimes you can look at a suburb and you go, hey, I'm getting this one for 750 and it's a duplex site and it's about the same land size. So if I buy this one, surely I've got, I've got a buffer there. I'm not paying 900 for it like I am at the other half of Karanup. That's going to have an impact on this part of Karanup. I'm in the same suburb. It's got the same title. There can be a desire to, to bargain hunt in that way when you're looking at properties in the same suburb. Yeah, I suppose that whole precinct, though, was, re- was a zoning. So whereas in the other part of Karanup, um, it was only the corner site you could develop and the rest of it was single residential. Uh, this other part that we looked at, um, it was all zoned for development and so a lot of development occurring. So when we talk about scarce supply, for instance, well, there wasn't the scarce supply in the location, there was a lot of development occurring, but it wasn't enhancing the location and, and there was plenty of supply of that type of product going in there. So it didn't have that scarcity component as well. So it's not getting better and it hasn't got scarcity that scarcity was one of our three rules. So, um, you know, just be mindful that in that situation, you're probably better off taking your capital and going somewhere else to a another part of um, a suburb which is doing what that Chris Place type locality was doing. And they do exist and they exist within a close proximity so you won't have to go too far. Yeah, it kind of gets to the, the supply of these homes in that area, right? There's an increase in that part of Karen up there is enough supply of that type of, of property whereas when we look in the other half there really isn't and that adds to the the value and the value that's going to come in the years to come as well yeah so you could probably take a drive you know you've got a couple of adjoining suburbs you've got Corrine, you've got Duncraig, you've got Gwellup and you'll find within there the right pocket within those suburbs for instance that actually meet the same criteria albeit at a, at a hundred thousand or hundred and fifty thousand dollars less because as you move to different areas it changes your price point and you can get it you know better growth outlook from that particular locality in that suburb than you do from this particular locality in this suburb so it's a matter of choosing that right pocket that right scarcity component and getting that land value sort of relativity that land value balance right Uh, you touched on it but how closely do you take in a suburb if you're thinking of buying a property in that area are you a guy that will drive around and park up and walk around uh do you take your segway do you take your scooter what do you do gav yeah well man you were sitting in the passenger seat so you got a chance to look around when you're driving you don't seem to see as much but you know i've 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 uh, ridden my bike around suburbs before and that's been great to actually see things but 
everyone's walked around a suburb. You know, you walk around, you have a look around, and you and you notice front doors and gardens and play equipment in front yards and all sorts of things. So if you really want to get a feel for the area, take a slow things down and have a walk or a ride through the area. And also, you know, chat to some people, as we've talked about before. Chat to some people, chat to some neighbours. They know more about the area than anybody else because they're living there. So you can find out what's going on, you know. Who are the neighbours from hell? Uh, what's going on in the area and what's the exciting things that are, that are happening? Um, and what does everyone do for, you know, how does it change on the weekend, for instance, as well? Yeah. Um, hey, this is more than property. This is a bit of fitness too. We're going to get the bike out. We're going for a walk. There's a social kind of side to it. All of a sudden it's ticking <laughs> a few boxes, the physical health, the mental health, and might make some money along the way. Yeah, well, it, it does. It, better feel for a locality gives you a great understanding. And look, it always um, always try and talk to your neighbours either side to get an understanding if, if there's something for sale and you're looking at buying it. And always, always take a drive and at least and have a look on what's on the back of the property. So who lives over the back fence and what does that look like? Because if that's, you know, an older home, it's going to be substantially re, you know, built and it's going to you know, change the way that you enjoy your backyard pool if it overlooks it or whatever the case may be, that's a consideration. And so take into account these things. I never forget looking at a house in Bayswater and I really, really liked it. It was on a corner block and there was a park across the road. Uh, the home itself was beautiful. I, I started to see myself living there. I saw my dog running around the backyard. I saw where the kids were going to be. It was fantastic. It had the, the warm fireplace and I could imagine that in winter with a glass of red like I was set, Gav. Absolutely set. And I came back for another look. And I saw the neighbours out the front and they had a big four-wheel drive with a trailer and the trailer was full of uh, motorbikes yep. and they were revving them up and they were fixing them. And so I went over for a chat and I was like, oh, guys, what's going on? Like a bit of a ride today? Oh, yeah, this is what we do every weekend. We tune up the bikes, we get them going. And it's, you know, it was Saturday morning at about nine o'clock and I thought, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I love this place, but I can't do with motorbike revving. I mean, maybe it wasn't the right way to go, but it was an example of just taking a bit of a look about what was around and all of a sudden my beautiful kind of morning with my coffee out the back and my dog having a play was going to be, you know, to the music of motorbikes getting revved and tuned for a day ahead. Yeah, yeah, and the next person would have come along and they said, fantastic, I love motorbikes. <laughs> and I'm going to, oh, I've got my two-stroke, you know, boat motor and I love to go out fishing early in the morning and come back and cleaning it and maybe we can, uh, you know, work on motors together. So, you know, it's a different place for every individual, isn't there, you know, and it's just a matter of finding the right one that suits you. To the motorbike community, I have nothing against you. <laughs> I just don't want to hear at nine o'clock in the morning on Saturday. So hopefully those, that bloke met his best friend who met who moved in next door. Um, Gav, as I said, the, the big take away from me and it's the thing that we're talking about is how much of a financial difference picking the right place to live in can make and when we looked at those properties in Karen up I saw how you can start in a market and how you can end up somewhere really aspirational the the dream place that you want to live in uh, and you can work through those markets over time and that was really displayed to me by those three properties and, and one simple decision yeah it's interesting and it doesn't stop there because I've been out this week and I've been looking at price points from $450,000 to $700,000. And I've wow. found some absolute gems. Okay. And I've basically just got the car and I've driven further north than Karanup and I've, ended, I've done that whole strip between Karanup and Joondalup. So w- what I'm saying is it's, there's no magic suburb, but throughout those range of suburbs found out a couple of gems. And what we've just talked about at Karanup at around the $900,000 mark, we'll be talking about next week at around six hundred to $650,000, so it's the next price point down. Okay. The real challenge for me, I, I believe that you found these properties in this price range, but as we get lower and lower and lower, can you still do it? Do the rules still apply? Oh, 
wait until you see the ones we've we've got. It is standout, and as excited as you were with Karen up, you'll be just as excited with these other properties. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing about them. I think we might talk a little bit next week too about negotiation because as we are finding more of these properties we're starting to learn the rules we're finding a few of ourselves along the journey as well some negotiation tactics might come in handy so might ask you about that next week too Gabby. Uh, negotiation it's something that everyone thinks they're an expert on and others hate it but when you find the right property don't stuff around too much trying to negotiate just you know make sure that you know you secure it because the number of times i've seen people with very good properties who get taken out from underneath them because they wanted to stuff around and kick the tires for a while and thought it was negotiating and they missed it don't miss it it's no good to you if you miss it yeah that's it okay well, you said that in episode one actually if it's a good property be prepared to pay a little bit more for it. it's not what you pay it's what you buy yeah, secure it and secure it quick. And um, look, you know, unless you're paying ridiculously out of the odds, which you shouldn't be anyway, because when you're looking around, you'll know your values. You always pay a bit more for really good property than what you'd like to. And when, and but sometimes when you sell it, you don't quite get the price. Or if you've bought really the right thing and you're selling at the right time, you get a you know breakout price anyway. So look, all I'd say is don't sweat too much on your price. You know, just make sure you buy the right property, and you buy the right property, and it will be a bargain. At, just about any price. Okay. Look forward to it, Gav. We'll see what you can uh, conjure up. Might get the bicycle out. What do you reckon? Podcast from the bike. We can join hands and walk down the streets <laughs> together. Take, t- take the dog for a walk. That sounds like more fun. I'll catch you then, Gav. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie.